I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you... Be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Dun, dun, dun. Hardy, heavy words to live by that we will dive into shortly. Hello, I am Michael. Lou is over there. Hi there. And we are here to tell you that the world accepts any God but Yahweh. That's so true. Lou's like, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Just to warn you, it's going to be a good day. It was a little cool today. The breeze is blowing. Hang on, hang on. He's because that's not annoying out. at all. <laughs> got the coffee going. I purposely warmed up leftover coffee from yesterday because I wanted a cup. So that's how pathetic I am. I should have ran back there and got some, too. <laughs> it's barely warm. I didn't. I had to microwave it. <laughs> oh, so it's lukewarm. Well, I nuked it. So it's a little bit warmer. And then I put my creamer in, and it wasn't quite warm enough for the creamer. So now it is lukewarm. But that just means I can drink it faster, which means at some point today you will have sad face because I will finish the coffee and go, <laughs> So, all right. What are we talking about? We are talking about sanctification in every avenue of life. And you're like, again with the sanctification. Yes, Christian, again with the sanctification. And yes, I'm holding the microphone to make this more annoying. (laughs) Again with the sanctification, because this is, I, I don't, I used to speak to a lot more because I go to the meetings, but I don't speak to as many older pastors as I have in the past. But it's uncanny to me how almost to a man, Every single older pastor that I run across, and by that I mean like 60s and up, guys that are either on the verge of retirement or are retiring or have been retired for some semblance of time, they all have the same lament. All of them. Every single one of them. Okay. And that's the number of people that have been in their churches for their, some of these guys in ministry, 30, 40, 50 years, who name the name of Christ, but don't ever live like it. It's almost universal with these guys when you when I talk to them. Yeah. It's like, what's what's your big regret in ministry? Like the number of people that just they just don't live like they're Christians. They didn't raise their kids like they were Christians. They didn't, you know, deal with their parents like they were Christians. They didn't do anything like they were Christians. Man, even today I, I catch myself I find myself discipling my children, myself, my wife. It never ends just because they become adults. Uh, you know, I just yeah. don't, you can't stop. This, and so th- this is the number one lament I see of other guys. So that's why we're hammering the sanctification thing. Because that's what that's a lack of. It's a lack of discipleship and sanctification. Now, how does that relate to this? Oh, we got a doozy for you today. 
Oh boy. And that's what spurred this verse. I thought this was the most appropriate verse with this story in mind. Right. I was reading I, it and I was like, wow, this is <laughs> Louis, nailed. Louis like, yeah. It's it. almost like Paul was a Holy Spirit inspired apostle of God writing to the church of all time. It's almost like that was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so relevant. Christian, that's your bibliology 101, which we've talked about before. Go back and listen to the episode on bibliology. It will do you good. If you don't understand that stuff, you won't understand anything else. Understand that stuff, you'll understand a lot more things. So, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. All right, time out. This is important. A lot of, a lot of ground to plow here, so we're going to try to cover it all quickly. Paul starts with an invocation of who? Christ. Christ. God in Christ. Right. He's the, the authority of Christ. Right. Paul, as a Holy Spirit-empowered imp- apostle, only has authority because he is, wait for it, a Holy Spirit-empowered apostle. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, chosen by Christ, commissioned by God. Short of that, Paul is just a weird-looking Yoda dude who has no reason to talk to you at all. And I'm not kidding about the Yoda thing. There are a couple of descriptions of Paul that have survived, and he's like short, beady-eyed with pointy ears. I'm like, he's Yoda. Mm, That is Yoda-like. He's he's Yoda. Paul kind of looked like Yoda. Preach to you, I will. Hmm. Oh. Oh, You got this image of Paul walking into Corinth now rummaging around in somebody's snack bag, don't you? Yes, I do. (laughs) Mm, Yummy, we'll save this for later, I will. (laughs) (laughs) So no, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Short of the commissioning of Christ, short of you Christians standing on the word of God, you have no reason to tell anybody anything. You are just a nitwit sinner like everybody else. But, 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 standing upon Christ, standing upon the foundation of the Word, standing upon the empowering of the Holy Spirit, you have authority, ability, and obligation. It's not alliteration, but what is it when they're all vowels? It's not alliteration, it's something else. Some English teacher will have to tell me. I don't That's remember. as close as you're getting today. Yeah, I don't know. You have all of those reasons that you can, should, and must confront sin, confront evil, and proclaim the goodness of God. That's your job in the world. Why? Well, Matt. that's the last thing that Christ did was get, command us to go into the world and, and make disciples. And based on his ministry, Matthew right. 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, always remember this list, Christian, always remember this list. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name cast out demons? In your name perform miracles? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Or as the old King Jimmy puts it, you worker of iniquity. Imagine that, I drove out demons. Yeah, as a sinful scumbag. Good job. Go team. Unbelievable. See, Christian, how do you know you made it to the end? You made it to the end. That's how this works. How will you ensure? Persevere. Yes, exactly. How do you ensure that you make it to the end? By following the dictates, urgings, pleadings, and teachings of the Holy Spirit as they are contained in Scripture. That's your guidebook. And what does that look like? That looks like a person who dies daily. And we're going to get to that. But the starting point is recognizing, what do I stand? What's the only foundation in guiding that I have to build upon? It's Christ. So where does Paul start? I charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. In other words, 
Always remember the gospel aspect of this. Christ is judge, but in him you are not facing judgment. You are facing salvation, glorification, justification, all of these things. This is your John 3. This is your Ephesians 2 in action. By grace you have been saved through faith. Um, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So because you stand on Christ, you don't face judgment. You stand securely in the kingdom. Therefore, you actually have grounding and footing as you stand there to proclaim to a world. Because I'm in the good place, from the good place, telling you how to get where I am. Follow after me as I follow after Christ, as Paul would say. Mm -hmm. So what should you do? You should preach the word. That's literally the what? Proclaim God's word. All right, pop quiz. You ready, Lou? I'm most, ready. The most difficult thing I'm going to ask you all day. Okay. Where in creation might we find the word of God? <laughs> it's a Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All, what's the kickoff to this section? It's the end of chapter three. Always remember that. The thing that comes before chapter four is chapter three. Right. And contextually, we're talking about what they knew is the Old Testament. All scripture, but all scripture, inspired by God, yeah. profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. And the beauty of the apostolic ministry is they recognize that while there is a word from God that is confirmed in history, what we would call the Old Testament, they were acutely aware that they were actively writing Holy Spirit inspired writ. Absolutely. Peter talks about Paul's writings being scripture. This is why Paul was writing letters. This is why Luke compiles a gospel. He wants to secure the testimony in an orderly fashion. This is why John writes a gospel. The synoptics are written. The history is done. Paul's making a point to a new generation to preserve the unique teaching of Christ, the unique work of Christ, in such a way not that it just becomes a history lesson, which is what Matthew, Mark, and Luke predominantly give you, but John gives it to you as a polemic. As an apologetic, For an evangelistic sure. writing, right. he yeah. wants he wants you to read it and believe. Absolutely, and and there's the intertextuality of mm-hmm. everything. I mean, they were weaving in their complete yes. understanding of the scriptures as they understood them, and their writings commented on those and gave us insight as to what yes. those, those prophets were saying of old. It's a building. It's a it's a it's a fulfillment and a continuation. This is why you see so many every time you see all those capital letters in your Bible. Don't think like it's modern text language. They're not yelling at you. That's a quote of an Old Testament passage. They are bringing the history of Israel, the history of the prophets, the history of all of that work forward, and now applying it to a Christian concept. This is why we use them as a unity, because they work together. So we preach the word, not your ideas, not movies, not music. Look, Mm. pop culture can be helpful, look. I am the last person to tell you, you can't utilize pop culture references, okay? We can all acknowledge this. But have you ever sat down with me and had me exegete a Michael Jackson song? No, because that would be dumb. I I may quote one. Are you looking at the man in the mirror? Exactly. Right. (laughs) 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 Oh, my Lord. We may quote one, but we quote it in what? In support of a point that we are exegeting from Scripture. Songs are not the Bible. Your ideas are not the Bible. Hey, you ready for it? My ideas aren't the Bible. The Bible is the Bible. Where was Paul's authority? As he stands on the word of Christ. Where is my authority? As I stand upon the same foundation. Again, it's almost like Paul's a Holy Spirit-inspired apostle, chosen by Christ and empowered by God. Hence the reason why we exegete his words. 
because they are the words of Christ as they are assembled. That's what Peter was recognizing. That's what Paul was even recognizing about himself. That's what you get in your New Testament. So preach the word. Now, Christian, when, pray, tell, should you do this endeavor? Be ready in season and out of season. As 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 a as a avid outdoorsman, uh-huh. hmm. as someone who has to deal with hunting seasons, I am well aware of seasons. You know, there's football season, there's baseball season, there's times when it's legal for me to shoot the deer, there's times when there's not legal for me to shoot the deer, and that's usually the times you run in front of your car, mm-hmm. and then you wish it was legal to shoot them. As a present, as a present. <laughs> Especially out here, we have we have some deer the size of moose. They will take you down. Ooh. <laughs> come in. <laughs> I like how the watch warned you, and then the tablet was like, oh, you're not going to listen to the vibrating watch, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will yell at thee. Shut it's it right. off. It doesn't matter. It's an apple. You can turn it off. It doesn't care. What are you doing, Hal? <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you doing, Dave? <laughs> what are you doing? I, I, can't, I can't allow you to do that, Dave. <laughs> <Don't disturb. laughs> I can't do that, Dave. Going to have to lock you out of the spaceship now, Dave. <laughs> if you have no idea, that's 2001 A Space Odyssey. I do that's, remember that's that. That's the Hal computer. Yep. Sorry. So no, you are to be ready in season and out of season. In other words, in, in other words, don't wear that. In other words, there is no gospel season. It is always gospel season. So you are living upon and proclaiming the word of Christ always. Why? Hebrews four. Living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. What actually gets down to the root of your problem? It's not psychology. It's not psychiatry. It's not that women's group you go to. It's God's word. That's what cuts. That's what separates. That's what dives into this. This is everything that is going on. Now, why is this everything that is going on? Hold on. Got to recharge. All right. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. This is the why question right here. Reprove, checking behavior. Because let's be honest, Christian, how you live in this world actually matters. You're supposed to be shining a light. You're supposed to be not walking as the pagans walk. You're supposed to be living as strangers and aliens. So there you go. That is what? Matthew 5, Ephesians 4, and uh, 1 Peter 2. There's, there's your references there. You're supposed to be living differently from the world. Therefore, you should reprove. Check your heart. Check your friend's heart, your family's heart, the people you're discipling. The people who claim the name of Christ be like, um, why are we going this way? I mean, look, there might be a legitimate reason that we're going down this road. I just don't understand it. I would love for you to tell me what it is. I see what you're doing. I would like you to tell me the rationale behind it. That's part of rebuke. I not only check the behavior, I check the motivation. Always remember, that's the big thing. That's what we're always trying to get back to. Not just the what, but the why. Solve the why and the what So what's taken care of? What will always be taken care of when the why is in line? Exhort. Instruct. So when I see you doing the wrong thing, but you think you have a right motivation behind it, what do I now have? An opportunity for teaching. Here's why we think this is a problem. Now we can hash this out. We can reason together, right? Iron sharpening iron. We can, maybe you're, maybe you're right and I'm wrong about what this behavior is and where the problem is or isn't. Maybe I'm right. We should be open about this. Why? Because we're doing this not only for our brother, but we're doing this for who else? For God, but also for ourselves. I'm not just checking. See, this is the trap. You ready, Christian? Mm. Don't fall into this ditch. The ditch is I reprove, rebuke, and exhort you. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm good at that. I'm great at that part. Christian, you should be reproving, rebuking, and exhorting yourself. Right. Always. This is your Matthew 7 in action. You ready? This is the Bible verse all your pagan friends know. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. See? You can't reprove, rebuke, and exhort me. Don't judge. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. Hmm. Okay, keep going. Christian, we should be okay with that because if I'm reproving, rebuking, and exhorting myself, I don't have any problem when someone else does it. And if they're doing it for themselves, they shouldn't have any problem when I do it because we're all operating on the same standard. Saved by grace, through faith, and that not of yourselves and not of works so that no one may boast. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? See, stay in your lane, Christian. That's how that gets told to you, right? Mm. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? That would be a problem, right? Exactly. Go further. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then... Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. He's not telling you not to do it. Yeah, this is the standard. So when I come to you and go, dude, you shouldn't do that. Oh, yeah, who do you think you are? You did this. You're right, I did. Mm -hmm. I'm so terribly sorry. I should not have done that. Please forgive me. Mm -hmm. And let's make sure I never do that again. Now, about what you were doing again. (laughs) Right. See, Be humble. This is easy when it's consistent. Mm -hmm. I reprove and rebuke and exhort first two. Yourself. Me. Then I can help my brother. Then I'm not floundering. This is, okay, hang on. Get yourself a copy of Pilgrim's Progress. Because this is the slew of despair that sin finds you in. You're sitting there with your burden that is your sin drowning in the swamp. What do you need to do? I can't pull you out of the swamp if I am in the swamp. I need to get out of the swamp, get on firm grounding, and then I can do what? That I can call to you and explain to you how you can travel out of the swamp yourself. In other words, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. I stand on a firm foundation to evaluate my own sin, throw it off the side of the city wall upon which I'm standing, and then look at you clinging to the wall, and I can now help you climb to the top. Ta-da! Here you go. Pop culture. I have a rope here. Would you like me to throw it down to you? <laughs> I don't think I trust you to throw me the rope. On the soul of my father, Diego Montoya, you shall read the top alive. Throw me the rope. That's, that's, that was a good See, there you go. Yeah. This is Christian, you're supposed to be in Diego Montoya, standing at the top, lowering the rope for the man in black. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride this puppy out. You ready? Mm-hmm. If you've never seen the, Christian, the, uh, the Princess Bride, watch the Princess Bride. It will do you good. I only dog better. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, no more Andre the Giant quotes. Oh. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. That's funny. All right, we have plenty. We're doing good today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so these are the works that we do for ourselves and for others, again, based on what foundation? The foundation of Christ as revealed in his word. Now, how should I do this thing? With great patience and instruction. This is the part we struggle with. Because we're not doing the work for ourselves first. We only struggle with this because I want it done for you now. I don't have any time for you to be wallowing in your sin. I need you out of the swamp. Come on, let's get to work here. Christian, how long were you muttering around in that muck and mire? 
How much is your brain sometimes still muttered around in that muck and that mire? Yeah, your flesh takes over sometimes. I have. I want God to have patience with me, but I don't want to have patience with anybody else. You know what you've forgotten to do? You've forgotten to reprove, rebuke, and exhort thyself. Start there. Realize that I am not to live like the world. I am to have a long view of the kingdom. It may take 20 years to get you out of that swamp. You know what we're going to do? We are going to endeavor, as God gives me strength and breath, to pull you out of that swamp if it takes 20 years. One of the things you say a lot is, you know, you ask the question, who lies to you the most? Mm-hmm. And that's, you do. The, the answer to the question is you do. You lie to yourself the most. So it, it, it's very difficult sometimes to, re, you know, reprove and rebuke yourself. However, if you're in the Word daily, the Holy Spirit helps you see things that you would not have necessarily seen. Standing on the wall. Right. Not trying to not trying to pull you out of the swamp by getting into the swamp, but try, again, Christian, I apply— so badly to drain the swamp. Don't you, though? Apply this to your friends, to your political views, and everything else you would like, how you see fit, okay? Right. I'm, I'm sure you can understand. But if you want to, this is a good understanding of how we're supposed to be operating with government. I'm not supposed to be in the midst of this fight. I'm supposed to be above the fray— proclaiming what is right and good. I'm supposed to be standing on the solid ground that is Christ, not compromising, not getting into bed with the forces of darkness, but standing above the fray and proclaiming what is right and good. And when I find myself in the midst of that fight, I need to go time out. I'm getting out of here. I I can't play like this anymore because there is a good and a right, and that is where I need to stand. And when I find myself anywhere else, you know what I need to do? Reprove, reprove, rebuke, and exhort myself. Mm -hmm. Get back on the wall where Christ is, and then help my brother climb to the top. Turn back. Yeah, you have to repent and turn back to God. Yes, this is how it is always supposed to work. And by the way, you can do this bluntly. John, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, you brood of vipers? Jesus, you whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones? Paul, those who are telling you to circumcise yourselves, I wish they'd go the whole way and castrate themselves. I mean, <laughs> your Bible is oh, full Lord. of some references that would make you go, do what? He said what? To who? Huh? You can be blunt. Sometimes the world needs the snow shovel. And <laughs> I'm okay with that, and you need to be as well. You know where that starts? You know who gets the snow shovel first? You do. do. And who hits you with it right between the eyes? You do. Because when you're willing to do that for you, then you have grounding again. You're on the firm foundation. You can do it for others. I mean, this is how this is supposed to stand. Now, here's where it gets good. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I got news for you. I don't think they ever endured sound doctrine. Yeah, just, you know, but it's still very applicable today. I mean, sound doctrine... They're not able to withstand it. It just gets in mm-hmm. the way of the life. You know, they want to have fun. They don't want to do it. Look, you want to see this? You want to see this in the modern context? Remember that whole unhitch movement last year? Oh, yeah. We know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. <laughs> That's First Timothy 1. Mm. Paul basically explaining to Timothy that you use the law rightly, and it's good for you. You use it wrongly, and it's going to be terrible yeah, for there you. There are a bunch of noisy gongs clanging all around trying to proclaim the law, but they don't even understand what it means. What was the problem with that movement? We're going to unhitch the Old Testament because we've got all those weird laws we don't want to have to explain and defend. No, explain and defend them because that's part of the revealed Holy Spire, Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God. You need to explain and defend that because it is part of the whole counsel of God the whole counsel of God upon which we stand. 
that we utilize to proclaim truth in a world. Again, lose the Old Testament, you've lost the New Testament. We can't explain anything. I mean, it's like Marcion has risen oh, yeah. from the dead and is now trying to redact larger, large portions of the Bible, and he nothing, hated the Old Testament. Nothing new under the sun. They, didn't, they don't want to do endure sound doctrine today. They didn't, didn't want to endure sound doctrine then. And by the way, that doesn't change, Christian. It's not like the pagan world that claims the name of Christ lying about it is going to get better about this. What they'll do is, wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. You want some modern examples of that? Let's, let's hear it. Prosperity gospel. Oh, man. Social gospel. The woke church. Yep. I mean, you're, my favorite, I don't know if this is still a thing or not for a while there. Do you remember the Triple X church? Oh, I don't think I do. Oh, you didn't hear about these guys? Uh -uh. This was a pastor um, and two former porn stars. Oh, no. And they got, uh, apparently the chicks got saved, and they started this church in Vegas. And their entire evangelism ministry, where they would go set up booths at all of the um, the porn awards and the porn expos that they would do. You know, like where you can go to the, you go to the convention and meet your favorite porn star? <laughs> and they would go and set up booths to evangelize. And I'm always like, okay, I get it. Porn stars need Jesus, too. But. But, hear me out here, porn stars go to the grocery store, porn stars go to the mall, you don't have to go to the convention with like the naked and the sex toys and the whole nine yards in order to evangelize the porn stars. You can do that in the rest of the world. So in other words, as long as you're preaching the gospel in season and out of season, you know what's going to happen? They're going to get it. They're going to hear it. Yeah. You're going to take care of this. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. You want another good one? Seeker sensitive churches. The Saddleback model, the Willow yes. Creek model. Willow Creek, yes. Any of these... The, all of these things, the uh, the unchurch movement, these are all ear tickling. Tell me what I want to hear. Now again, none of this is new. All this is is did God really say? That's why. Look, you want a good laugh? Go go look at all of the 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 strip mall churches. You know, they all have the same nondescript building because it used to be a J.C. Penney that they bought. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they all have the same looking stage, and it's the 50-year-old pastor with the skinny jeans and the untucked shirt because it makes him look cool. Are we talking about Heartland again? I didn't bring up their name. Okay, all right. It's not, I didn't but, do it. But it was the J.C. Penney building. Was it really? Yes. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> the Kmart then, sorry. Right. Mm. They're not special. We have one here in town. Every, ta every town of any size has one of these. For sure. Now, you know what half of them have as their motto? What's that? Not your grandpa's church. Or it's a new way to do church. Yeah. No, no, no. Christian, there's not a new way to do church. There's a reprove, rebuke, and exhort, standing upon the foundation of Christ built through the apostles, proclaiming the word of God in season and out of season, because the alternative is foolishness. That's, that's it. Those are your options. Again, remember, two categories of people in this world, those who like Neil Diamond and those who don't. Okay. And you know how to tell the difference, right? I like Neil Diamond. You don't have to do this. Okay. All right. Just, just in case people are at home. <laughs> if you ever want to know the test, this is the test. Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, See? Bum. If your brain went, bum, 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 you're a Neil Diamond fan. If That's your brain right. didn't complete the song, you're not, and now you know. But silly way to point this out. You're either in the kingdom or you're out. There is no, like, it's not like the end is going to come. And all the people hanging on the wall, Jesus is going to be like, oh, look, they made it halfway to the end. They're almost here. Let's give them a cookie and call it a day. No, you're either in or you're out. What's the difference between the one who is in and out? The one who is trusting in the work of Christ, turning from self, 
forsaking sin and realizing that it is Christ's work that covers him. That's the only difference. The one who's here, see, here's where our analogy is fun. The person who's on the wall is not willing to repent of that sin. They're not willing to turn from it. They are still trusting in either themselves, the world, or something else. They are not surrendered to Christ. And that's what they can say, but look, Jesus, look at all the wonderful things I did in this world. Yeah, in your power, in your wisdom, for yeah. your good, for your glory. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Yeah, we need to set those things aside. We need to stop quibbling over things that are of no consequence, and we need to preach the gospel, that and we need to stay in our word, and we need to stop fighting over things like that. See, they will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. Of course they will. Always remember, Christian, you don't have a myth. You have a historical reality that has been exposited and explained to you. Second yeah. Peter 1 is your hallmark for that. We have the prophetic word made more certain, to which you do well to a light, as a light shining in a dark place. And many, many times, in many places in the scripture, they talk about themselves being eyewitnesses mm-hmm. to it. 1 Corinthians 15 is a great one. What does Jesus do? Christ died according for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And he appeared to Cephas, that is Peter, then to the 12. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. A historical reality right. it's not like people are like well i know a guy who said one time that he saw jesus at kmart and you know you know they were like no jesus was here he was in the room i touched him we had fish i put my hand and my fingers in his hand and it was creepy and ah! i mean the whole nine yards a historical reality right. instead of walking in that way paul comes full circle you be sober in all things how will i do that by being pre- prepared and being clear-minded Knowing the word and applying the word. I am enduring hardship. Doing the work of an evangelist. Fulfilling ministry. In other words, I am standing on the word. Proclaiming it rightly. Recognizing that the world is trying to pull me in any other direction. And I am refusing to go that way. Flat out refusing to go that way. Now, why, pray tell, is that so important? Well, we have a doozy for you today. Mm-hmm. Because you want to see a great example of this in real time. I'm trying to pull it up because it doesn't want to get there. Actually, you know, before I get there, let me ask, because I, I wrote these questions down to make sure I stay on track. So let's stay on track, okay? Christian, <clears throat> you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit because you have repented of your sins and trusted in the work of Christ to cover them, and that Christ's work redeems you and will carry you to eternity. The Holy Spirit is now spurring you to action, both passively and actively. This is what we call sanctification. Your continued obedience and walking in holiness for God. Are you perfect? No, never claiming that you are. Will you get all of this right? No, never claim that you will. great example of this is David. David makes it to the end as the king par excellence. David was a rotten human being. Most of the time. (laughs) But the difference is when confronted with his sin, he did what? Cries out to God for mercy and grace, and it was given because he has a heart seeking to honor and serve God. Why? Because God has cleansed him. This is you, Christian. You may find yourself in sin because you're still warring against the desires of your eyes and the lusts of your flesh. But your heart has been in flesh. The stone has been chiseled away. The heart is now beating in flesh, and you are inclined towards God. 
So when you are confronted with sin, you are turning from it. You are seeking to kill it and honor God. You may not always, you may not always be successful, but because of that, you are standing on the top of the wall. You are secure in Christ, and you are building your life upon that foundation. That matters. Here's the fun question. As I get a sip of water, because I'm dry now. What happens when you refuse that? What does that mean? Like, I refuse sanctification. I don't want to get better. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, and I will not grow in my faith. You're not really walking, you're not saved. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Right. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. It's over with. Yeah, you, I'm going to say something. Christians get mad at me when I say this, okay? I, I, I think I've laid out enough caveats. I'm not calling you to perfection. I'm not calling you to sinlessness. Lord knows I'm not trying to do that. I do not think it is possible for you to walk with Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, for any significant length of time and experience no victory over any sin. Okay? Now, let me define some of those things. Walking in Christ, everything we've been talking about, guided by the Holy Spirit, the power behind everything we've been talking about, for any length of time. I'm talking about years. Decades. Mm -hmm. Not having some victory. I don't care what it is. I treated my wife better. I cared more about my kids. I prayed more. I read my Bible. Some victory. Some fruit of sanctification. I volunteered at church. I was an attender all this time when before I wasn't. You know, like, like I've I've run into these people. I grew up in church, and I went to church because it's what you did. Mm -hmm. So, you know... I'm there, you know, a Sunday a month, two Sundays a month. I'm going to make the biggies. I'll be there for Creaster, you know, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day. You know, all the, all the biggins that everybody cares about. I'm never going to volunteer. I'm never going to do anything. I'm never going to show up to anything else. But I'm going to be around. And then all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit sideswipes them like a Mack truck. Yeah. And now suddenly it's like, look, what's victory look like? Well, now I'm here. Like, I'm not a Creaster. I'm, I'm here like three Sundays out of four. And I'm letting you know, hey, I wasn't here last week, but that's because X, Y, and Z was going on, and I had to be there. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and suddenly it's like they're making, they're telling you the reason they were at a church was before. It's like, you know, I'm here, or I'm not here, I don't care anymore. That's fruit. That's victory. Mm-hmm. I take that. That's a win. I didn't say complete victory. Some victory over some over any of your sin. Just mm-hmm. so, you may struggle with lust your entire life. You might. David did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on this side of the resurrection, it's 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 there's not a way for us to walk perfectly without sin. Yeah. You may str- you may struggle. We're going to struggle and fall, but we're going to get up. You may struggle with sexual sins. You may struggle with alcohol, drugs. You may struggle with financial decisions. There are also you may struggle with those until the day God calls you home. But are you warring? Are you fighting? Are you recognizing like before Christ? You know, like I didn't care. You know how much I drank on a Thursday night. Who cares? You're, you know, Friday's my off day, whatever. Now it's like, no, I can't do this. I have to actually be able to live in this world. I have to actually be able to function. And do, that's victory. I'll take it. It's a win. <clears throat> the reason I'm trying to move, I'm trying to set that bar low. I'm, and I'm trying to do that intentionally. Because that's sometimes as little as we can take. If you're not willing to do even that much, right. but you're willing to justify your sin excuse your sin you're never willing to ask questions you're never real you're never willing to exhort yourself you're never willing to rebuke your own actions that's a problem like if you're really willing to do all of those things for everybody else but you're never willing to do that for you that's a problem for sure that's not sanctification 
Now, why is that an issue? Because if you refuse sanctification, you're not Christian. The Holy Spirit will not allow you to walk, quote-unquote, with God for 20 years and refuse sanctification. He just won't. I don't think he can stand it. I think he'll kill you first. I mean, sanctification is, is a fancy term for being set apart. Mm-hmm. And you're set apart for what reason? You're set apart unto God, right? We are the temple of the living God, right? We have to live a certain way. We, we, can't, we can't be defiling the temple of God in exactly. any old way. And we have to make attempts on a daily basis. That, and see, note, notice, catch that word. This is what we're asking for. Attempts. Yeah. This, this is my standard. You ready? I'm trying. Right. I lost. I got my butt kicked. Like, my sin this weekend treated me like Mike Tyson in a title fight in 1987. Right. I got my butt whooped. Right. And I hate it. That's a Christian right there. That's yeah. a Christian. Right. Because now, okay, now what are we going to do about it? Okay, because that's the next step. What are we going to do about it? Now the Christian does what? Aided by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. recognizing that Christ has redeemed me from this curse, that I will not bear the penalty for the sin because it has been paid by Christ. As the song says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. So I'm clean because I'm in Christ. But that doesn't mean I enjoyed that. It doesn't mean I wallow in that. It doesn't mean I want to be there again. I may be there again, but it doesn't mean I want to be. Right. That's the standard. We're warring. Now, here's why, I, here's why people get uncomfortable with that standard. How do I know you're not lying to me? You don't. I don't. So who's, well, whose word do I take? I take yours because you know what? At the judgment seat, I don't have to decide whether or not you were good enough because you weren't. I don't have to decide whether or not your heart was changed by God because he already knows. And I can stand there and watch Christ say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. You were lying to your pastor all that time. You were glorying in your sin, but trying to make yourself look good. Get out. I don't need this. That's where my comfort is. So I can take your word for it. I can say, awesome, you're trying, you're fighting, you're doing a good job. What do we do next? Let's, let's keep moving. That's as low as the bar is. It's, I just want effort. Because that's what the Holy Spirit will spur you to. Yeah. And over time, there will be victory. I'm, I'm telling you, there will be. Maybe not over that one, but there's going to be victory over something. Something. Yeah. You will grow in holiness. You will read your Bible. You will pray. You will be involved in church. You will change the way you speak to your spouse. You will change the way you raise your kids. You will change the way you talk to people at work. You will change the way that you yell at people in traffic. Something. Yeah. Something will be a fruit that you can point to and say, there it is. Look at what God is doing in my life. There's my testimony. Now, how does this relate to all this? The world looks at what we're talking about right now and goes, you people are out of your minds. Just let people be who they want to be. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to let people be who they want to be. Yeah. You know why? Because they're dirty, rotten, evil sinners on their way to hell. Absolutely. I don't want to let you stay there, and you shouldn't want me to let you stay there. This was the, um, Pendulette has a great quote on that. You know who Pendulette is? Definitely. Hysterical guy, awesome musician. No, I, <laughs> Penn and Teller are phenomenal. They, yeah. do, they do great work. But Pendulette talked about, Pendulette's a rabbit atheist. He is. He, he, and he will is. argue with you for fun. He's one of those guys. Yeah. But he talks about he was after a show one night, and this guy waited around backstage and got him to sign something and gave him a tract and, and you know, just talked to him for a minute. And then Penn got in his car and, you know, went back to his hotel, hotel room, and he was like, you know, I actually appreciated that. And the reason why Penn Jillette appreciated it was this. He goes, I think he's lunatic, 
This is what Penn Jillette said. I think the guy's crazy, and I don't believe what he believes. But if you believe what he believes, that I am a sinner destined for eternal hell, which is the most horrid thing that could ever be imagined, how much do you have to hate me to not warn me against that? <laughs> so he's like, I don't agree with the guy, but I appreciate the fact that he was willing to say something. Yeah. See, that's, there's where the love of the world kicks in, our love for the world. Because we look at them and say, no, I don't want to let you stay there. Therefore, I cannot allow you to continue like this and not say something. I can't sit on the side of the wall and watch you burn knowing that there is a way for you to get where I am. That's the difference. Now, the world looks at that and goes, leave us alone. We like the warmth. <laughs> they're, they're singing Nelly songs. It's getting hot in here. Oh, no. Lou's <laughs> no. like, stop it. Stop it right now. Not, not that song. All right. Now, what spurred this conversation? Maybe asking yourself. I have the dumbest Christian story ever. <laughs> I don't know any other ways to say this. I'm just going to read this paragraph because this paragraph just kind of sets the stage so beautifully. Greg Epstein, an atheist and humanist chaplain at Harvard University, who says he doesn't look to God but people for answers, has been elected by his colleagues as the newest president of the Harvard chaplains? I was floored when I read that article. I, I just couldn't believe it. Okay. You're an atheist. Mm -hmm. You're an atheist humanist. So, basically, you're Christopher Hitchens. Why are you a chaplain? Right. Will no one else give you a job? This is my first thought. Right. Like, seriously, will no one else hire you to do something? Like atheists need somebody to come and cheer them up? We already have a name for atheist chaplains. They're called psychiatrists. <laughs> I'm serious. Right, you're right, you're right. That's an atheist chaplain. An atheist humanist chaplain is a psychiatrist or a psychologist. The only difference between the two of them is which degree they have. Psychiatrists are doctors that can prescribe medicine. They are MDs. Psychologists are PhDs. They can't give you drugs. So I guess in that scenario, yeah, an atheist chaplain would be a psychologist. We're going to sit down and talk about your mother and talk about how all your problems are in the past. And if you think I'm kidding, go to one. That's literally what they're all talking about yeah, every single time. Freud's, uh... Yeah, not some of the time, yeah. all of the time. So yeah, I mean, this is, now that's bad enough. Then you elected him as president? president? Right. Like fearless leader of our chaplain brigade. Oh, guide us and direct us, oh, faithless one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is this? Yeah. 44 elected to the presidency of the university's organization of chaplains by more than 40 chaplain, chaplains from some 20 different faith and spiritual traditions. Uh, you ready for this? I'm going to say something brutal here. All right. Yep. 20 different faith and spiritual traditions, none of which are Christian. Right. I'm just going to say that out right. loud. I mean, how could they be? Because you can't be Christian and be a part of this organization. Not on any planet in this universe formed by God. I mean, Margaret Hammerstrom, the Christian science chaplain at Harvard, that's not even a religion. That's a cult. It is. Based told the publication that while Epstein's fantasy. election to such a role may have been problematic at a more conservative institution, the decision was unanimous at Harvard. Keep in mind, Harvard was founded in order to train ministers to evangelize the natives of the new world that was the purpose of harvard it was a seminary to train pastors to go out and evangelize pretty interesting 
the indigenous populations of the, of, the, of the new continent here. Maybe in a more conservative university climate, there might be a question like, what the heck are they doing at Harvard having a humanist be the president of the chaplains? That's not a conservative question. That's a common sense question. But in this environment, it works. Okay, I'm done. I have nothing else to say about that. Christian, what does it look like when they want to have their ears tickled and they accumulate for themselves teachers for their own doctrines and desires? It looks like an atheist being in charge of the chaplains at a school that was originally founded in order to proclaim the gospel. This is what drift looks like. This is what happens when you do not rebuke, reprove, and exhort yourself. To be fair, though, they've been... been Agreed. They've been long past that. I mean, they're Agreed. So but how did they get there? They got there because they weren't willing to do the work of removing the log from their own eye. Right. They wanted to have their ears tickled. They rejected the faith. They stood on the side of the wall thinking they were standing where Christ is. Right. And they're doomed. Yeah, they're doomed. They're doomed. This is the warning. Christian. Paul stands on the authority of Christ as revealed in his word. You have to do the same. To stand anywhere else is to climb into the swamp and then try to dig people out. You're doomed. You are doomed. But standing upon his word, trusting upon the foundations laid out by his promises, you are capable. You are able to stand firmly because Christ has laid that foundation. No weapon formed against it will stand. No enemy warring against it will prosper. You will be successful because he has been successful and defeated all enemies. And as you proclaim his truth, you are proclaiming the only truth that is. You cannot be defeated. You cannot be taken down. You cannot be shaken. You are secure because he is secure and he has secured you. To do anything less is to dig and wallow and and to enter into damnation. Christian, don't do that. Don't allow your walk to devolve into that. Don't allow those around you walk to devolve into that. Because to do so is to fail to heed the warning, to fail to follow the command. May it never be. So what have we learned here today, children? God has ordained a job for the Christian. What's it called? It's called sanctification. The world will always traffic in lies. Always, because they don't have the truth. And even the ridiculous will be celebrated by the world. What kind of ridiculous? Oh, I don't know. Something like an atheist chaplain. I can't even with this guy. I'm turning into a 14-year-old girl. I can't even. Like, I'm like, ah. Yeah, like, <laughs> I can't even. Me? No, you, you cannot. Where's my RC Sproul button? What is wrong, wrong with, with you, you people? people? Oh, my goodness. Questions, comments, complaints, send them to info at practicaltheologyministries.com. If you've seen something that we missed that you want us to go over, send it to us. We'll be glad to. If there's a doctrine you have questions about, send it in. We will tackle that next because that is what we do. We are here for you, the people. So until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.